This is a story from Denmark. And while the stories are for everybody, they're for all of you out there, all over the world, whoever or wherever you are, they're all for you. But I would like to make a special mention to my friend Kitty in Tasmania, who runs a podcast and Facebook page called Encounters with Good People, which is well worth checking out. And she's been a great supporter, so thank you, Kitty. And feel free to use the story in any way that you want, if you can. And it's called Toller and the Good Neighbors. Now, there was a big landowner in Denmark. He lived in a great big house, and he had a huge farm and lots of servants. And one of the men that worked for him was called Toller. Now, Toller was very popular with everybody because he was a good person. He was hard-working, but he was respectful of everyone. Now, he had fallen in love with one of the maids at the house, and he would bring her wildflowers, and she would smile at him, and they had a very sweet, very happy courtship. And then one day he plucked up the courage to ask her to marry him, and she agreed. And so the two were married, while the master of the house liked Toller so much that he provided the wedding feast for them. And it was a great occasion, with much feasting, drinking, and dancing. And he also said, Toller, I have a wedding present for you, which I hope you will like. And he gave him a little cottage that was on his land, with a piece of land with it. Well, this is more than Toller had ever hoped to have in his life, to actually own a bit of his land himself. But when he got there, well, some people, who maybe weren't as big-hearted as Toller, would have felt disappointed because it was a nice little cottage, but the land around it was moorland, stretched out in all directions, and it was studded with stones. And also nearby there were old grave mounds which people said were the home of the mount folk, the fairies. Well, Toller declared that he didn't care because he always treated everybody the same, and for him, if you were truthful and honest and respectful of others and did right by other people, then you need not fear anything in this world. So, the two of them very happily got the cottage all swept out and cleaned, and the pot was hung over the fire, and Toller's wife made a pot of porridge. Now, that night after dark, when the porridge was bubbling away on the, on the fire, there was a knock at the door, a very loud knock. So, not knowing who this could be, Toller went to the door to answer it, and there was a small man. He was a tiny little man with a long white beard, and he was rather stooped, rather hunched over, but very muscular looking. He wore a bright red cap on his head, and he wore a an apron of leather, and in the pocket on the front of the apron there was a hammer sticking out of it, which rather showed that he was a blacksmith of some kind. Now, 
Instead of waiting to be invited in, the man just walked in, and Toller closed the door and then turned round to address this strange man, who he knew must be one of the mount folk, one of the fairies. And he said, Good evening to you, and what may I do for you? Well, Toller, he said, Yes, we know who you are, we know your name, but we are your neighbours, and we live in the mounds, just up the brae there. Now, I have been sent here by the king of the mount folk to ask you what kind of a neighbour you're going to be. You see, many people don't like us mount folk. They preach against us, and they, they don't like us. And so we are wondering, will you be a good neighbour to us, or not? Well, Tollard just smiled and said, My dear friend, I do not care um, anything about Mount Folk. I mean, I have no problem with them. I, I have no problem with anybody. There's plenty of room in the world for everybody to get on and be good neighbours. And so I will be as good a neighbour to you as I can possibly be. Well, the little man danced around the floor, so happy, and he laughed and he said, Thank you, Toller. He said, That is the best of news that you could ever have given me. Thank you for it. Well, Toller's wife said, I've uh, I've just made a pot of porridge. Would you like to join us and, and have a bite of supper? No, thank you, he said. That's very kind of you, but I have to get back and tell the king the news. He will be so grateful to hear it. Thank you. And I can tell you this, Toller. We will try to be as good neighbours to you as you will be to us. And with that, the little man went out the door. Well, after that, Toller and his wife had to sit down and discuss what they were to do with the land. And, of course, the first thing that they had to do was to get some crop in so that they would have food for over the winter. But they had to break out those fields. Well, there were actually no fields. It was just a big piece of land. But they had to cart all the stones off it and break it out in order to plant corn. Now, this was very heavy work. And the next day, Toller set about it. He had a big, long iron bar with him that he used to prise the stones up out of the earth, and he carried them to the edge of the field that he was going to cultivate, piled them up in heaps there. Well, it was back-breaking work, but he worked all day. He was a hard worker. And now he was working for himself and his wife, and that gave him extra determination to make sure that he did a good job. Well, that night they came in tired, and he had his bite of supper, and he went to bed. And the next morning, when he got up and went outside, he was amazed to see that the mount folk had been out during the night, and they had cleared not all the stones, but a lot of them. They were piled into heaps, just like he had done. Well, Toller was so grateful for that, and he shouted a thank you towards the mounds. Well, he got the rest of the stones cleared from the land, 
and at night the mountain folk would come down and clear the rest of them. They did most of the work, and he was very grateful to them for that. And then they started to show themselves to him as well. They had no fear of Toller, and he would see them going in and out of the mound. The door would be open in it, and they would be trips and in and out. And they would come into the house as well, in and out of Toller's house. And they would borrow things from him, like pots, uh, and they would just take them away. But they always brought them back, and they were always scrubbed clean and sparkling. Well, it came the time that he had to break out the land, and he managed to get himself a pair of horses, and they had to start to break the land out to plant the crop. And the next day... A lot more ploughing had been done than Toller had managed. And sure enough, they, the mound folk, had been coming out and breaking up the land as well. So he was able to sow his crop, and soon a fine crop of corn was hanging there, a fine crop of barley. Well, when it came to harvest time, he would cut the crop and bind it into sheaves, and at night all the little mount folk would come up and they would pick up every grain of corn that had fallen, that Toller would have lost. They gathered it all up and they put it in a sack next to his door. And so he didn't lose a thing from his harvest. And that made the difference, you know, because by that time things were turning in Toller's favour. He was working hard, but he was getting good help from his friends as well. And in gratitude, at Christmas time, he went out with a huge bowl of creamy porridge and set it on top of the mound for all the little mound folk to enjoy. Well, things went well. But there was one thing that was bothering, uh, bothering Toller in the years after that, was that his horses needed new shoes. The horseshoes were worn out. But he couldn't afford to replace them, and this was worrying him a great deal. But he, also, the horseshoes were actually in such bad condition, he didn't think he could take them to the nearest town to be shod, because it was too far away. And that worried him. He lay awake, worrying about this. One night, his wife said to him when they were in bed, she said, Toller, are you asleep?' No, my dear, he says, no, I'm, I'm not asleep. I think I can hear something going on in the stable, she said. There's some kind of a commotion there among the horses. You'd better go and have a look. So Toller quickly threw on a coat and a pair of boots, and he went out to the stable, and he opened the door just a crack and peeped inside. And there the mound folk were hard at work, and they had made beautiful horseshoes for the horses, and they had spoken to the horses, too, and asked them if they would mind lying down so that they could change their shoes, because they were far too tall for the mound folk to reach to, to nail shoes on their feet. And the horses had lain down, and there was some of the mound folk were putting off the old shoes, and some were nailing on the new ones, and others were filing down the heads of the nails, and in so taller when he saw that, he closed the door very quietly and he went back to bed. And he said to his wife, everything is fine. Now, 
The next day Tolan went out to the stable, and there was his horse with beautiful new shoes, finest horseshoes he'd ever seen, and he was so grateful to the Mount Folk for that. Now the years passed, and one day Toller's wife said to him, Toller, I have some good news for you. Oh, what's that, my dear? You're going to be a father. Ah, <gasps> you mean you're going to have a baby? Well, I sure am, she says. Oh, that's lovely news, and he embraced his wife warmly, because they loved each other so much. And time passed, and a little baby girl was born, and they called her Inger. Now, it was a very difficult birth, and the poor woman suffered a great deal during it, and she was tired, she was exhausted and worn out, and it seemed as though giving this life had taken her own. It looked like she was dying, and Toller had gone to some of the old women in the area who were known to be skillful with cures, making cures with herbs, but none of them could help Toller's wife. And he was very worried about her, and he sat up with her and the baby for days on end nursing her until one day exhaustion got the better of him and he fell asleep in his chair. Now, when he woke up, he saw that he wasn't alone because there was three little mount women were in the house and the one of them was rocking the baby's cradle and another one was sweeping the floor and the third one was giving some sort of drink to Toller's wife. It was a special healing herb mixture that they had made up. And when they saw that Toller had woken up, the three of them ran out the house and back to their mound. Well, after getting that drink, Toller's wife was up and about in no time and feeling just as good as before, if not better. And they adored little Inger. And she grew up to be a fine, beautiful young woman. And things had gone well for Toller, thanks to his good neighbours. They had brought him luck and lots of extra pairs of hands to help. So it came to the time when they pulled down the old cottage and they built themselves a fine new house. And the land was all broken out and green. There was still moorland all around it, but that was like a little green oasis, with green grass and golden corn waving. And he had sheep, and he had cattle, and he was doing well. There was money in his pockets as well. He'd done good. Now, one night, there was a knock at the door. And he went to it to answer it, and there was the same little man who had first come to him with the, <clears throat> the, the blacksmith. But this time he wasn't wearing a red cap on his head. He was wearing a shaggy cap, and he had a woolen neckerchief around his neck, and he was wearing a cloak of sheepskin, and there was tears running down his face. The king has asked me to come and invite you up to the mound. Uh, we are, uh, we're, we're going, you see, we're, we're leaving, and we want to say our goodbye. Well, Toller was shocked to hear this, but he followed them up to the mound, him and his wife and little Inga, 
And they stooped and went through the passage into the mound, and there inside was the hall all decked up with wild flowers and meadow-sweet on the floor to sweeten the air. And the king and the queen invited them to the top table where they sat, and they sat them next to them. But it was a solemn occasion. The food was delicious. It was wonderful. But there was so such a sadness all around. None of them spoke. There was no lively chatter. But every now and again there would be a sigh, and one of them would shake their head sadly. And he would see tears trickling down many cheeks as well. What's happened? he said to the king. Why are your people so sad? Ah, taller, he said. We have to go. We have to leave. There are so many churches being built these days, and the church bells ring so loudly that we can't bear it any more, so we have to leave. We will set off and walk over Chutland, and we will take boats, and we will travel to Norway, where there is mountainous places, well away from people and well away from church bells. Many of our people have already forsaken this land and taken that journey. And now it is our turn. But we wished to have one last meal with you and to thank you for being such a good neighbor and showing us so much kindness and respect. We really appreciate that. And when the meal was finished, the king and all the people got up. They were all wearing cloaks for travelling. They had staffs in their hands and a pack on their back. Some of them were carrying little lanterns suspended on the end of a stick. Well, Toller, his wife, and little Inger all stood by the door. And the king was the first to go out, and they shook hands. And he said, Thank you again for being the best neighbor that we could have ever wished for. And we wish you every luck and every success and every blessing. Well, he said, I, all of us have a little gift for little Inger, who we've watched grow up since she was a baby, and now she's a fine young woman and we would like to give her something to remember us by, to remember the little mount people. And he dropped a little pebble in the pocket of Inger's apron, and then he walked out, followed by the queen and the, all the rest of them, and they all walked out, they all said their goodbyes, and they all dropped just a little pebble, a little stone, into little Inger's apron pocket. And then, when the last of them was out, Toller and his family followed them, and they climbed to the top of the mound to watch them leave. They could see the little lanterns swaying as they went forward. It was just at sunset now, and so but they could still see them for quite a long way off.
Well, as soon as all the mount folk reached a place at the top of a hill, they stopped for a moment, and they all turned round, and they all waved their little arms at Tolar, his wife, and little Inga. Then they turned around and were gone from sight. Well, it was a very sad Tolar that went home that night, and they went to bed with heavy hearts, all three of them. But in the morning, little Inga woke up. There was a strange light in her room. She couldn't understand where this was coming from, but she sat up, and there in the corner of the room, there was a glowing. She went over to it, and it was where she had tipped out all the little stones that the mount people had given her the night before. And each of those little pebbles had turned into a gemstone, and they all glittered different colours. There were beautiful blues and greens, there were whites and browns, there was even a few reds among them as well, and some were clear and thin, but all were beautiful. And then she realised what they had meant by giving her a memory of them. You see, the little mount folk had used their magic, and they had put the colour of their own eyes into each one of those gemstones. Well, you know something? Today... If you have a gem, well, that gem would have originally come from the Mount Folk, and they would have given it the colour of their own eyes. And that is the story of Toller and his good neighbours. <laughs>